Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome to tonight's edition of Students for a Better Future Radio. I'm your host, Doreen Finkel, with Ruben Torres, and we are live. Hello, everybody. Welcome to tonight's edition of Students for Better Future Radio. And, um, folks, uh, tonight we are going to be talking about uh, human trafficking, and um, we're going to be bringing on a guest in just a few minutes. Uh, but before we go there, I do want to mention, um, again, to go to the sponsor. It is a 501c3 nonprofit that brings you these, these educational shows. Um, we are unlike no other media, right, Ruben? <laughs> Uh, we bring you um, uh, issues that the mainstream media doesn't really discuss. And um, tonight, folks, we actually have several. Um, the uh, And actually, before I get to that, the 501c3 nonprofit is studentsforabetterfuture.com. That's studentsforabetterfuture.com. Um, and if you can go ahead and make a donation, that would be great. And Ruben, can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Uh, the mayor is trying to uh, hold in right now. Okay. Uh, we'll get him on in, in a few minutes. Um, and uh, I just want to bring, uh, before we discuss human trafficking, which is our main topic tonight, uh, with the former mayor, Raul uh, Gonzalez Salinas of Laredo, Texas, is also a former retired FBI agent. He would know all about human trafficking over there. Um, I want to bring up the case that we had here in New York uh, in which two men escaped from uh, prison in, in a prison in upstate New York. Um, and there is currently a $100,000 reward for these two men. Um, one had actually uh, killed a cop and the other one had actually killed his boss and dismembered them. And um, these two men escaped by cutting through steel walls and pipes, and they escaped out onto a, a manhole. Um, and so they're on the run. Their names are David Sweat. Um, he was serving a, a life sentence without parole. He's the one that killed the sheriff's deputy. And the other one is Richard Mack, who's about age 48. He was sentenced to 25 years in prison. Um, for kidnapping, killing, and dismembering his former boss. So we will post their pictures on the website. We'll also post them on Facebook so everybody can see, and, and hopefully we'll get these guys in jail. Right, Ruben? Correct. I mean, we have to be uh, 
beware of your surroundings because they can be anywhere. Uh, yes, and so and and this um, this prison is a maximum security prison. It was built in 1845. Um, so it kind of makes you wonder how they escaped, you know. And and there was a show um, a few years ago um, uh, called Prison Break. And um, you know, and uh, it, it's it's amazing how they would get through the wall and and you know and walk out of that prison. But the police, uh, there is a hundred thousand dollar reward from um, Como, and uh, and it's all, it's the reward is for information leading to their capture. And Governor Como said that they may have crossed into Canada or left for another state. So we're here in New Jersey. Hopefully they haven't come here. But if we do, we need to be vigilant and, um, uh, you know, look out for them, keep your kids closer, your family closer, and and whatnot. So um, go ahead, Ruben. Amazing, isn't it? I I just, ever ever since the story broke out, I've, I've, I've said to quite a few friends that that had to be an inside job. There's no way there's no way that these two individuals are going to be able to uh, get out of a maximum prison just like that. That's right. That's where all the questions lie. Um, how would they have been able to escape? And some and they managed to come out through a manhole in a particular town. And, uh, you know, they could be anywhere now. It's scary. And, folks, we will be posting their pictures up on the website. And it's a place to call where you can, um, in case you see these individuals, they're dangerous. So um, we'll be giving you the information on this. And um, speaking of crimes like this, I believe our guest, he was a former retired FBI agent, right, Ruben? Yes. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, Raul Salvino is a former uh, FBI agent and um, former mayor of, uh, of Laredo, Texas. Uh, okay. Uh, Raul, are you on the line? Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, how are you doing tonight? Good, e- good evening. Very uh, well. Welcome thank to you. the show. Uh, we were thank you very much. The case we we had here recently about um, we had two escaped felons from a maximum security in up in uh New York State by the Adirondacks. They're very dangerous and you know Absolutely. We're just putting out the alert. Um, Absolutely. And yeah, that's a good question, Ruben asked. But go ahead. Um one of the uh, one of the uh, one of the escapees uh spent nine years in jail in Mexico for killing another American at a bar in uh, in Matamoros uh, uh Tamaulipas, Mexico. The, these uh, individuals are street uh, know the street, so you know the the fact of the matter is, according to CNN uh, latest reports, is that uh, they had some help, which was obvious. You know, for them to be able to do all the work and being able to to escape, obviously, uh, it seems according to the reports uh, indicate that uh, they did have some help from a uh, lady who failed to meet them as she had promised. Uh, obviously, she got scared, or I don't know what happened, What, 
made her decide to assist these very dangerous uh, uh, fugitives. But nonetheless, uh, if they're on foot, they're not going to get very far unless they commandeer or, or uh, hijack a vehicle. But uh, I can assure you that uh, there's enough uh, press out there, enough media coverage that somebody has to know something, somebody uh, uh, sees something. Somebody said the other night that maybe they would separate, but who knows uh, what these uh, guys are up to. But hopefully they will be caught uh uh, very soon, uh, and and I know that all the law enforcement agencies are working together to make this happen, and and uh, it's an all uh, full press to to uh, to uh, to capture and and arrest these individuals. They're extremely dangerous, and if people see something, they need to report it immediately to the authorities. All right, uh, Ray, all right. Let, let me ask you. Hold, hold on, I just want to ask one question, and it's really kind of not on the topic, but I was always curious what type of individual um, does these hyenas crimes? You know? I'm sorry? Uh, to, what, what type of individual does these hyen- commits these hyenas, cri- hyenas crimes against another? Like, dismember their boss like that, or... Well, they have. Uh, they can be psychotic. Cop. I mean, they've got some very serious, uh, serious problems. I mean, when you dismember a victim, as one of them did, I mean, that tells you a lot about the personality of that individual that really has no uh, has no respect for life. And uh, these individuals uh, obviously uh, have indicated that they will not be uh, they will not be taken. You know, they'll, they'll die before they go to back to jail. So these are very dangerous individuals, and and they're they're definitely uh, sick. Uh, they're psychotic. Uh, they're they're criminally insane. Well, oh my goodness, God, Ruben. Well, uh, uh, besides the uh, the escapees um, that we've had for these um, this past week, uh, we also had an incident on the border, uh, Mr. Mayor, uh, where a border patrol helicopter got shot down. Um, well, no, it, yes, it, yeah, they they got hit uh, and they had to make an emergency landing. Uh, one of the shots, uh, one of the shots fired, hit one of the agents in the in his vest. Luckily, he was wearing a uh, a vest. So this is under investigation. This is not a uh, usual occurrence. It's it it has it hasn't happened here in Laredo, and obviously you're going to hear that uh, the border is unsafe. But I, I can assure you one thing, and this is uh, nonpartisan. These are based on. FBI uniform crime reports. Uh, the border has not been any uh, has not been safer uh, uh, than it is now. Obviously, there's been a lot of press. A lot of it has to do with politics, but I can assure you that the most recent uh, FBI statistics show that the border is safe. In Laredo, for instance, uh, uh, two years ago we only had three homicides, and none of them related to the cartels. None of them related to the ongoing. Uh, cartel, drug trafficking, uh, or, or even uh, 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 organized crime as far, as far as that goes. Right. But uh, the, but, the, but we have to be protective of the borders, no question about it. But my question to you, Mr. Mayor, is that how should we in the United States, in the United States government, handle this in relation, in relation to our relationship with uh, Mexico? Because this is, if, if it's true that they were shot 
by down by the cartels or groups. Within. Well, we don't know. We don't. It could be human trafficking. It could be drug traffickers. We just don't know. We can't assume. But obviously, they're not good people. Obviously, that's without saying. Uh, I think right. what we we need to do. I think we need to make sure. And you know, when I was mayor, I lobbied a lot to try to get uh, 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 adequate funding uh, to protect the border. And uh, you know, why wait until something? Uh, terrible happens, and then you say, "Well, let's let's fund do the funding now." I know that what we need to do. I think first of all, what we need to do as a former FBI agent. I think what we need to do is all the law enforcement agencies, the federal, mm-hmm. the state, the county, and the city agencies, have to work together. We also have to maintain good relations with the government of Mexico. When I was at the embassy in Mexico City, we have excellent relations. Let me tell you the bottom line. Ruben and, mm-hmm. and you know we and I you and I have talked, but I think the most important thing that we need to have on this side of the border is make sure that we have good intelligence and that the intelligence that we have and the Mexicans have we have to share it. If we don't have intelligence, we're not going to be able to stop human trafficking. We're not going to stop the flow of drugs, and we're going to be very vulnerable to a possible terrorist attacks. Right. Right, and, and, I, yeah. and I think, and by the way, Doreen, I have to tell you that uh, Mayor Salinas, uh, uh, people in Laredo came up to him, and, and they were very happy, and, and all I heard it was really good good things about uh, the great job that he did for, for eight years as mayor of, uh, of Laredo, Texas. But I, I, have, to, I have to tell you, Mr. Mayor, that the, the, the idea that we uh, – Someone from across the border, if it's cartels or it's gangs, shooting down and, and really, you know, it's, it's an act of war. Uh, Absolutely, you know. Uh, uh, I, 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 I don't know if any other country mm-hmm. would stand still and, and just say, well, you know, okay, it's, it's, it's okay. I mean, I, I think from the president down, they need to take, uh, both Republicans and Democrats need to take a, a tough stand and tell uh, President Nieto in, in Mexico, you know, this is not acceptable. Well, I think that it, it goes, uh, yes, that's absolute, uh, you're right on target. Number one, I think mm-hmm. President Peña Nieto, and the importance that, you know, Mexico is our biggest trading partner. It's not mm-hmm. only about protecting business, but it's protecting about people. Not only are the people of Mexico are in danger, but we're in danger too. We have to make sure that that violence does not spill over. When they start shooting our helicopters, uh, Homeland Security people aboard those helicopters, they start shooting. That is a very serious thing, and we have to hold Mexico accountable. Whether it's right. the governor, governor of, uh, of Tamaulipas, we need to make sure that we're on the same page because that right. thing, that helicopter could have easily gone down and those hardworking individuals on board of that uh, copter, our federal agents, could have easily uh, crashed. And I can tell you, for the grace of God, they're alive. But we have to make sure that we have a we send a direct message to the people, to the president, to the governor, to the government officials, the law enforcement community in Mexico. Say, look. You need to get your act together. You need to get the job done mm-hmm. because what happens on one side mm-hmm. of the border affects the other uh, side of the border. It, it's it's a mutual it, it's a mutual uh, dilemma for both sides of the border. 
Very, very well said, uh, Mr. Mayor. Yeah. Um, actually, Rayo, I want to ask you, a um, big thing of ours, uh, especially with the students on college campuses, is the human trafficking. Um, you know, uh, and because in this day and age, um, it is so easy to lure or uh, maybe better term than that, but um, to get a victim and force them into human trafficking, whether it's labor or the sex trafficking. Let me just in, uh, interrupt you for a second, because I want to make sure we understand how serious this human trafficking business is. A lot has to do with child sex trafficking, you know, prostitution. It has to do with domestic service. Agriculture uh, abuse, you know, bringing people into work on their false pretext that they're going to get all this money, they're going to be able to send all this money back home, you know, and, and, and where you get young girls to come with big promise of making big money and reaching the American dream. This is a $9.8 billion industry when you're talking about uh, human uh, trafficking. This is a uh, almost a $10 billion dollar industry this uh, 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 these uh, statistics were uh, given by a congressman in uh, Virginia and this, the president has a task force to monitor and combat human trafficking but uh, most recently uh, we're seeing that maybe 14 to 17,000 people uh, are are, uh, are trafficked uh, and, and forced into uh, this is annually. These figures are annually. And like I said, for either domestic service, it can be for uh, uh, child sex abuse, uh, agriculture, work, construction, etc. cetera. But uh, this, this is a real, a real serious problem that we're facing and a real challenge. Has this problem increased with the um, Internet? Because now you have relative ease. You can lure people through the internet, you know, to escort services and put, um, put, you know, put, make money doing um, through the chat groups and all that. There's a lot of so, organ. You know, when, when you talk about this, uh, it, uh, obviously the the, uh, the the social media is, is a tool that's used by organized crime to lure uh, young people to face the American dream. And it, it's a very serious, uh, it's a very serious uh, problem ha, that we ha, face ha, in the United States. Yes. And a, a lot of our listeners think that this happens elsewhere. That's one of the biggest problems that we're fighting over here. Well, but it happens all over. Know. It happens all over. It, it really uh, happens all ha, over. Ha, just... How do we handle the the internet? Because my free speech friends say, oh, you're trying to shut down free speech with this. Oh, you know? my gosh. And, and, yeah, well, you can say on the Internet, you know, being a politician, people can, can use a false name. They can say whatever. They can they can uh, completely uh, start rumors, anything. You know, the social media, because you can – it's difficult sometimes to trace uh, the origin of that message or from the messenger and identify that person is uh, sending that message. It is a real dilemma and a real serious problem having to tackle this. But let me tell you, I, I think that there's so much freedom uh, in the Internet. That it's uncontrolled. But one of the things that it amazes me that 
parental uh, supervision is not applied to a lot of these kids, and pe- and the parents don't know what kids who they're talking to. They might think they'll be talking to a, a young teenager, somebody in grade school, somebody in junior high, etc. When they may be talking uh, to a very mature and older person, you see this when you have young girls being lured to go meet this guy who's supposed to be a young guy, and he turns out to be a uh, a sex predator. And some, it's very dangerous. So I think one of the things that we need to do is we need to provide better supervision of our kids and what they're who they're talking to, and make sure that that computer is somewhere where a parent, whether it be the mother, a father, or somebody who's an adult in that house, is monitoring that activity and that uh, that activity that that child has access to in the computer and through the internet. But, but can, can it also happen if the kids use um, the video games? Because that connects to the internet as well. Well, yes, but that's what I'm saying. But, I mean, I, I think that, you know, we're too busy in our society. One of the reasons that we have a lot of problems with our young kids is that we don't pay attention enough attention to them. When we don't pay attention uh, to our kids, maybe they look for attention elsewhere. And this is where the predators, uh, those uh, creeps that are looking to, to, to take advantage of some child that's so innocent. And obviously, we need to do a better job of educating the public. And I think that the, the networks from time to time ought to do some public service announcements to protect our kids. I don't think we're doing diligence, and we're doing due diligence in protecting our kids. We need to do a better job. Every day, even in this city of Laredo, we have child abuse cases, whether it's in schools or, my gosh, something has to be done because I see it as a crisis. And if we don't take a handle of this, my gosh, that's why we have the problems that we have. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you, uh, Ms. Mary and, and Doreen. Uh, I, I think it, it boils down, again, to accountability from the parents. Uh, I mean, my, my son, you know, basically I, I kept an eye on what he was watching and, 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 and what he did. I mean, uh, as a parent, you have to take uh, the lead. You can't just sit back and relax. You know, being Ruben, a parent is a, is a, is a, is a uh, huge responsibility. Ruben, I think that... Uh, you have to be very open. You have to be very direct with your kids and let them know that bad things happen because bad people are on the other side and they're willing to, to hurt you and even take your life. To be very direct, not to really scare them, but tell them the truth and show them where maybe some girl has gone to meet somebody and she turns out dead. That's the right. real... That's the that's reality, and and kids need to get the message. It, it's it's you know on one side you start thinking that the internet was the greatest thing that ever happened, but there's people that have a good purpose in using that uh, that the computer and you know the internet and Facebook etc. They have good intentions, but there's that high percentage as well that have bad intentions. They want to do bad things. And that's where it's our responsibility as parents to protect our children. If we don't protect our children, nobody else will. 
I, I totally agree. Yes. I, I, I know that we've, we've been covering um, a lot of the law enforcement because, you know, having a distinguished career like you have had uh, as an FBI agent and, and uh so we we I think we focus on on the um on the law enforcement and your in your background your experience and uh distinguished career but now uh, if we, if it's okay also with Doreen I mean uh let's focus on the politics which is something that you enjoy and I think we all enjoy how about that <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm a different. You know, somebody asked me when I go to McDonald's. I still have. I, I'm a. I consider myself to be a public servant. I've been a public servant for years, uh, 27 years with the FBI. I worked on on Capitol Hill as a police officer. I worked uh, for a member of Congress and and then mayor. The hardest job that I've ever had is being mayor because you can't please anybody. When I was an FBI agent. I had a duty to do, and, you know, there was no politics about it. You just go do your job and, and be fair and be just. But, uh, you know, we're facing a, a lot of challenges. That, uh, I think that the, the politician of today is being watched through a microscope, is being watched through all the media. And I think there are some very good people. I think that, uh, you know, one of the persons that uh, – I thought about it very much this weekend, and I've met him and I've talked to him several times. It's the vice president of the United States, Joe Biden, a very plain and simple individual, a wonderful man. And he was a great dad. You know that his wife and a couple of his in a car accident shortly after he became senator uh, of Delaware. But he raised uh, Bo Biden. And let me tell you, his son became attorney general of the state of Delaware a decorated war hero, uh, you know, in Iraq, Afghanistan, whatever. But he was always so humble. They were talking about when he got stopped and they gave him a ticket and he recognized the name Biden. Oh, you're the vice president. You're the attorney general. He said, go ahead. Uh, You can go ahead. And he said, no, Mr. Trooper, you give me a ticket. Tell me how many, how many politicians would do that? And then exactly. I, I, and I've gotten my share right. of tickets. I've gotten a lot of parking right. tickets here in the city <laughs> doing my job. But we have a very big challenge in 2016, electing the next president of the United States. For me, I see it as a real challenge. You have 10 Republicans. You have three already announced Democrats. But, you know, it's incredible because history could be in the making. I think at the very least, there's a possibility that you could have a Latino president or a Latino mm-hmm. vice president. It's a very big possibility. But what do we expect of these individuals? To bring hope? To better this country? This country is suffering. You can see the problems that were faced all over the country. Not to bring back the issue of law enforcement, police, uh, police abuses, you know, what happened in Baltimore, uh, in Missouri, and all these places. But we need a, a president that will bring people together. I think it's time for U.S. to eat, America to unite. We have all these enemies abroad that want to hurt us, the terrorists that want to, you know, just hurt innocent Americans. We need to have to get the, our act together and maybe somebody that can say, I am ready to bring America 
all 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 minority groups, everybody together, working together to make this country great. I'm not I'm not running for anything. I'm not giving you a political spill. This is the way I feel. When I was mayor of this city, I worked 17, 18 hours a day because I love what I did in helping some family that was out on the street living in their pickup or in their car, people that are hungry, people that are helpless and hopeless. That's what a politician does. He's a politician naturally, but he should be he or she should be a public servant. And it's important to know where the heck you're going, but it's more important not to forget where you came from. And I think you if those ethical standards are applied by those that are seeking to live at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, this country will be a heck of a lot better. Right, right. Now that you brought up uh, the 2016 presidential race, uh, Lincoln Shapey, a potential candidate to run for president in the Democratic Party, former senator, state senator from the from the state of Rhode Island, Lincoln Shapey. Oh yeah, yeah. Lincoln. Uh-huh. Yeah, Lincoln Shapey came out last week and said that Hillary Clinton is too corrupt to be a president, the president of the United well, States. She well, has too much baggage, and she's too. You know, the Clinton Foundation it should be called the Clinton Criminal Foundation. How do you respond as a as a loyal Democrat and loyal Hillary Clinton uh, supporter? How, well, how would you maybe, respond? Well, first of all, it's easy to speak. If if he has enough facts, why does it bring it to the Justice Department? Okay, don't you think that there's a uh, a Justice Department that would be willing to prosecute? But I think it's irresponsible to start indicting and convicting somebody without knowing the facts. You know, right now I think there's a crusade. When you're at the top, they want to bring you down. Okay, none of us are perfect, but I think that uh, let let the judicial system check this out. You're going to get blamed for everything. Somebody said the other day how popular uh, George W. Bush was, more popular than President Obama. Well, by gosh, right. obviously he's going to be more popular because he's not in the threshold. He's not in the hot seat right now. And Bush <laughs> did a good job. Right. President Bush did, right. did a good job. And I think President Obama uh, has done some good things. I think he has his heart in the right place. We may not agree with him with a lot of stuff, but it's not an easy job. Look at him. Have you seen President Obama recently? Uh, you saw him at the G- uh, G7 uh, summit, mm-hmm. and look at yeah. his hair. It's all white. I didn't have any hair, so I didn't have right. any gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> but, right, right, you know, right. They're, they're, they're going to bring everything. You know, uh, she's being blamed for everything. Uh, you know, I think it's irresponsible for... Chafee, uh, Senator Chafee, to say what he said without, you know, he already, he already, he's a, he's a jury and the judge, he already said, sir. I mean, I, so, I, I just, let's get the facts I, straight. I, 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 will, right. I would also, I would also say that uh, Governor, former Governor O'Malley from the state of Maryland said that, it, it, you know, the United States should not be electing the same people, the Bushes and the Clintons, you know, that there's more talented people out there than just those two families. We're not I, I agree I agree with that. I agree right. with that, but you know what why aren't the other people running? It's easy you know you know what I really uh, I really abhor is when people always criticizing. 
I had people criticizing me all the time. I said, well, you know, I'm doing the best job that I can, and not in a not in a very in a disrespectful in a disrespectful manner. I would say, if you think you can do a better job, why don't you go out? But a lot of people aren't willing. And they don't have a thick skin. I certainly didn't have a thick skin. They said bad things about me. They said bad things about my weight. They said I was ugly. They said I was this. You know that I was not very smart. I'm just being nice. I'm not telling you the real story. Right, but but. Right, but they don't, they don't want to throw their hat in the ring. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, everybody criticizes, but doggone it. If, if, and we have, Ruben, you said it right, you're, you're right on target. There's a lot of talented people. Yes, there's a lot of talented people, but why aren't they willing to throw their hat in the race? You have a lot oh, of I people. Can, Let's go back I to tell. O'Malley. O'Malley. Uh, O'Malley. No, because all they want O'Malley's to do is sit good. around and criticize. O'Malley, look, O'Malley... Now, part of the problem that they have in, in Maryland today is because of his uh, ineptness in running the state of Maryland. There's a lot of progressive things that Maryland has done. But, you know, when you're running for office, you're gonna, if, if you're the lead, you're going to say bad things. I have personally met with Hillary Clinton. And when I talk to her, she sees me, looks at you right face to face. She's come to Laredo. I think she will attract very good, talented people. When you had President uh, Clinton, he had good people. When you had President Reagan, you had good, talented people. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and that's what you really need. You know, and, and I think that uh, uh, President uh, Obama has attracted some good people, some very good people. Now, I think the the race is wide open. I endorsed Hillary Clinton uh, a long time ago uh, because. It, the Clintons have been good to Laredo. They've been to Laredo numerous times. They understand Laredo. In fact, I invited her during the mayor's conference in Washington to come to Laredo. And guess what? She obliged. And uh, when you mention uh, a family, uh, they tried this in Mexico. President Fox's uh, wife wanted to run for president, okay, the first lady. Right. And mm-hmm. guess what? Mm-hmm. The Mexicans say, no way, Jose. No way, Jose. It's not going to happen. It didn't happen. So, but it's really up to people. Look, you've got Rick Perry. Uh, you've got uh, uh, Rubio, uh, who I think is, is doing a pretty good job of presenting himself. I don't know that he'll be able to make it. You have Ted Cruz. You have uh, Centurion. You have a lot of good, uh, talented uh, people. So you've got Paul. You know, you, you have... You have a lot of the people that you uh, can happen. I, Jeb Bush, you know, people are predicting that it's going to be uh, Bush and uh, and uh, Hillary Clinton for the nomination. I think right. mm-hmm. their ability to raise money, you know, right. I was never very exactly. successful mm-hmm. in raising money. And money talks. And, right. Uh, but, but that's, that's, and that's the they're saying, that's, that's the conversation the, uh, that's the you hear, Ruben, is that, Jeb is smarter than uh, than uh, than his brother, George. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the problem. Right, right, right. That's the problem. Well, oh, you got Chris Christie in your state. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the American people are tired of the, the same people, the same staff, the establishment, people who have been there, who have created these horrific eighteen billion, uh, eighteen trillion dollar deficits. Uh, that are, have been outsourcing jobs 
for so many years. As a matter of fact, there's another outsourcing job agreement right now, the TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, uh, that President Obama and, and, and both Republicans and Democrats are going along with this, which is going to really do a lot of damage. If you read the, the agreement, it's going to outsource a lot of jobs, and especially it's going to impact a lot of, of, of Americans. Because I don't, I don't, I don't like, to get in, I don't like to get into the okay uh, minorities and majorities. We're all Americans, so we have to focus on absolutely, absolutely. all Americans. Mm-hmm. Well, let me let me just tell mm-hmm. you, uh, and you brought a good point. When you pick up the phone, and you think you're talking to somebody in the United States, you're talking to somebody in India. I mean, have you noticed when you make a call? You know, yes, oh, yes. Or, yes. And, and what's happening to the job? We have people that can do the job here, but the companies also need to pay attention uh, to take care of America first. Shop America first. If we shop here, we make this country stronger. But you cannot give away the store. But again, one of the serious problems that we have, and I think you will agree, in the United States. We have a average of twenty to thirty percent people voting in local, state, and federal elections. That's a disgrace. We have men and women mm-hmm. who have lost their lives for that right. In Mexico, forty percent of the people go out to vote. They just had an election on Saturday. Forty percent of the people mm-hmm. are going out to vote, and you're saying, "Why can't we do it?" And then people complain and, and they bicker and you know they they just constantly complaining, but they said, no, I'm not going to go right. to vote. And you, you invite them to a barbecue, a pachanga, which is a party where you have drinking and eating and barbecuing. People will go there. You have music. But you ask them to go out and vote where it means the future of our kids, their futures, they're not willing to spend 15, 20 minutes to go to the ballot box. That's a disgrace. Right. And uh, hold on, Mayor. Um, we have a, a call on the line. Q four eight. You're on the air. Do you want to ask a question? Hello, caller two four eight. Okay, we just Hello? lost him. Sorry about that. Uh, we yeah, we just lost him. Um, I apologize, but our um, the engineers are working on a solution. There's an audio file uh, that has been broken on the radio station and. The guys are working on it. Um, so and I notice we do have a number of listeners, um, but the calls, some of the calls aren't coming through. So, right. uh, folks, just got to be a little patient. Well, I just want to make, one, talk I just make one thing clear. I just, I just want to make one thing clear. I support Hillary Clinton. When I give somebody my mm-hmm. word because I believe in that person, I think she did a very good job when she was in the Senate. You know, she did a good job when she was in the State Department. I know she's criticized uh, 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 in some areas, but do you know that she was part of the staff uh, during Watergate on the House side? Are you aware of that? No, no, I didn't know that. She was one of the lawyers in the House Judiciary Committee. And I was there when I was at the same time I was working for, uh, for a member of Congress there. But, uh, Mr. Mayor, I, I do mm-hmm. have to ask you, and I ask, I ask everyone, both, you know, anyone who's running for for an office, public office, uh, can you can you, can you you give me, can you provide me and the audience and the list, our listeners three accomplishments? Uh, hold, hold, hold on. 
Uh, hold on, Ruben. There's a, a the call is back. Caller two four eight. You're live. Can you talk about human trafficking tonight? Ain't you? Yeah, I think you missed that one. But go ahead. You can ask the question. Well, I know you're on another subject, and I don't know what you're talking about. But I want to ask about the Japan issue. Uh, they're lowering girls over there. And making a vape, they're going to be models, and they're making prostitutes out of them, and it's a Japanese mafia doing it. And I was wondering what Japan was doing about it, calling these yeah. white girls, these girls from America over there, turn them into prostitutes, and they were thinking they're going over there to be models. Now they're now they're now they're. Well, let, let Mr. Salinas, who's an FBI, who was a former FBI agent, um, answer that. Well, I have, you know, we have legal attaches offices that where we work with uh, uh, the United States Customs Office that are located in foreign countries. I think that we have to make sure that we share the intelligence. And certainly, uh, if if citizens of Japan uh, are victims of these crimes, I think that they would be interested in, in making sure that they put a stop to it. But again, I think that uh, a lot has to do with being able to uh, to target uh, these uh, criminal organizations, uh, this organized crime organizations that are operating out of Japan. They're operating out all over the world. This human trafficking is a matter that uh, that it's not only the U.S. and Mexico, Japan, it's all over the world. So we have to do a better job of, of securing intelligence and making sure that both countries, whether it's the United States or all the countries, work together to make sure uh, that we put a stop to this because these victims are brought in on their false pretexts. You know, there's ways that you can monitor, but it's a huge problem. Okay. Yeah, and, and also I want to add to that um, before we go back is that, you know, when you talk about human trafficking, it's even to be young boys, you know, it could be pretty much anybody. Um, and yes. a lot of it is also the child porn, the child yes. stuff too as well. So nobody yeah. is immune to that. Absolutely not. I'm sorry. I, I just want to finish my uh, question I have ahead, for... Go ahead, Ruben. Uh, cut you off. Here. Go ahead. Um, can, you, can you provide us, me and Doreen and, and uh, our listeners, three accomplishments that uh, Hillary Clinton uh, has in her career? As both a senator and as a you know working in the in the, in the State Department. Well, I mean, I, you know, I didn't work with her directly, but I can assure you that uh, she was able to uh, improve relations with some of the countries. I know that uh, she did a good job in in improving relations uh, with the government of Mexico, particularly with with her counterpart in the State Department. You know, tackling on working on immigration issues, economic issues, I think that she did a good job. But, you know, I'm not equipped to tell you and to find out exactly what what uh, her accomplishments are, but I think she did a good job. Benghazi was a very difficult issue. It was a very difficult issue because, uh, obviously, you have people in haven't worked in an embassy of the United States. You have the regional security officer, RSOs, that are responsible for the physical uh, security of that office. Okay, and they're the ones that work for their counterparts at the State Department. So, you know, to blame Hillary Clinton for uh, that mishap, obviously, obviously she's at the top. She's going to get the blame. 
but I think we have to do a better job. And I reemphasize this, Ruben and Doreen, that we have to do a better job of getting intelligence. If we don't have good intelligence, if we don't have good relations with our foreign partners, then we're lost. And I think mm-hmm. she did a pretty decent job of, of creating that environment. I think she did. And she was tough and she needed to be tough. I mean, she's been around the block. I mean, when, when she was in the House Judiciary Committee, she was part of the upper echelon in, in getting to the bottom of Watergate. And obviously, she didn't get the credit that she because she was a young, uh, young attorney. But mm-hmm. I, I can tell you, she has her heart in the right place. I think that her efforts in, in trying to accomplish and reach a, a, a consensus on immigration reform, I think she works very hard. Uh, and let me tell you something. As close as she came to winning the nomination, I think it says a lot about her work in the United States Senate uh, and as First Lady and as a, a, an attorney with uh, the House Judiciary Committee. I mean, I think she's done a good job. Well, the, the thing is that they, they just mm-hmm. did a couple of recent polls on Hillary Clinton's trustworthy. Uh, and they found that the American people found a very high percentage, over over 50%, do not trust her. Her trust wow. uh, among the American people is, is at an all-time right. low. Well, uh, yeah, but, but Ruben, let, let's, get, let's be realistic. I mean, let's be realistic. Mm-hmm. Everything you hear every night, especially on Fox TV, is witch hunt against Hillary Clinton. So you have that spin, even... Even the New York Times, a lot of newspapers, but right. you know, I think she has to she has to stand up to the plate, and she will. There's no question about it. But I think she has to make contact, you know, with the people and 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 prove them wrong. And I think she will. But do you think that that hold on? Do you think that a lot of this too is because you know I don't want to sound sexist, but she's a woman. You know, she might come off different. That's why she gets well, a lot of this I, I, stuff. <laughs> you know, I can't say that, but you can. And I think, uh, Doreen, Doreen, That's uh, not and I'm not going to patronize you. I'm not going to patronize women of the United okay. States. But, but I tell you, know, I, it, a lot has to right. do with that. And I think, I think the reason that Hillary Clinton will succeed will be because women will go out to vote. And it has been proven, it has been proven that more women will go out to vote than men. And I'll tell you, if it's going to be history-making, she will be the 45th president of the United States of America. Uh, wow. And, and you know, and, and also, uh, let me ask you this. Is, is it mostly the um, uh, single women, um, you know, that will go and and uh, and get out to vote, or or is it just women in general on that? I think you know. I speak to uh, women, and I you know, and, and I think it's going to be women from all, uh, whether they're married, whether they're single, um, white, black, uh, uh, Latinas, Asian Americans. I think they're going to come out and vote, and they're going to come out and vote because it's. It's the time. It's time for women. When we're that close, you know, we thought that we were going to have a woman president before we had an African American, and now 
the possibilities that we can have a woman, a Latino, mm-hmm. in the White House? Wow. At the very least, at the very least, you know. And I was thinking about this the other day. You have two prominent presidential candidates on the Republican side. You have Marco Rubio and and, uh, mm-hmm. and Ted, I mean, uh, Jeb Bush. Okay? You have them both. Wow. Can you uh, have a, one re- point president I want to make a vice about president? The, uh, right. About the Republicans is that they mm-hmm. seem to have the stigma about just electing elder white men. Well, I, I can tell you and, that uh, the, I think the Republicans, with all due respect, they need to get their act together and be able to communicate uh, with with uh, the people. And I think that was one of the things that Romney, he's a good man, uh, but he just couldn't connect. Uh, one of the interesting individuals that always pops up is the sheriff, Joe Apario, of uh, the sheriff in, in, uh, in Arizona. Maricopa Maricopa County. Maricopa County, exactly, yeah. And, and, uh, wow, he's an incredible guy. But he said that the reason that uh, the Democrats want immigration reform is to be able to get the 12 million undocumented uh, people to vote. And that is the biggest fear, I think, the Republicans have, because those folks are going to vote Democrat because they know that the people that have put their, uh, their boot on their face have been Republicans. They have not been willing to, uh, yes, uh, to uh, give it a chance. Look, I don't think it's right, and I've been a proponent of immigration reform, going the right way, paying your dues, um, you know, uh, staying in line, because, learning uh, the language. Hold on, uh, Mr. Mayor, because um, uh, I was getting a text in from some people alluding to the fact that um, that uh, Obama – is not an African American. He's biracial, half yes. black and half white. And well, uh, the, when we were talking he, about but the bottom this, line, he's an American, okay. But in a lot of yes. in a lot of ways, he 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 has um, African American blood. I mean, come on, you know. And and uh, the media has made him. Uh, but regardless, uh, he came through. I mean, he has an incredible um, history that he, what he, a lot of challenges that he had. But he's the president, and I respect the president. And, and but the bottom line, we're talking about 2016. What's going to happen then? But let's go to immigration. Immigration, you cannot have 12 million people living in the shadows. We have a lot of these kids that came illegally when they were babies to no unknown to them that they were crossing illegal. They've gone to the schools. They behave themselves. They become good citizens. Some of them have become attorneys, engineers. They have something to offer. Now, what do we do uh, to so they can live there here in this country if they've been good citizens? America is a melting pot. And if it's a land of opportunity. So uh, I, but I think that most importantly that the immigration system is so badly broken that it needs to be fixed. And I remember when I worked on Capitol Hill, back in the days where uh, John McCormick, uh, Tip O'Neill, and those mm-hmm. individuals were speakers of the House. My gosh, even Jim Wright. 
when these individuals finish the business on capital, on the capital, on the House or Senate floor, they were able to get together and you know what? You know, joke around and get together. There was conversation between them. They had disagreements, heavy disagreements. But at the end of the day, you know, they were able to work together and 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 do the right thing for America. I think we need to get back to those days. Instead of being so hateful, like when the president was speaking uh, during the last State of the Union, where the, the, the speaker would not even stand up and would not clap, even when they were talking about giving women equal pay, when you don't clap at that time, my gosh, there is something wrong because it's I, time I, to give... You know, I saw that. No, no, Mr. Mayor, I, I, I definitely, I, I remember that very well. And, and, and you know, one of the things, and again, I, the Democrats and the Republicans, they both have their good points and bad points. Uh, I, I'm here, I'm here to, to bring out the actual facts. That, uh, one of the things that happens, you know, when there's a war on women uh, for the Republicans or the Democrats, the, the truth is that the staff, the women that worked under Hillary Clinton were getting thirty cents to the dollar. So when when we talk about mm-hmm. uh, when we talk about uh, uh, the war on women, most of the, most of the information, the research that I've done has been under Democratic rule that they've been getting the women have been getting paid less than men. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two. Mm-hmm. Number two is the mm-hmm. fact that. When it comes to uh, uh, immigration, okay, uh, the Obama administration released 68,000 convicted uh, uh, illegal Felon. aliens. Felons. Felons. Illegal aliens okay. or felons? What are you talking about? Felons. Okay. Yeah. So 68,000 of them convicted were released. I'm, I, I mm-hmm. agree with you on, on the aspect of the good citizens. But when, 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 when we have an administration, and it could be a Republican or Democrat, because both of them have done it, uh, releasing these conflicts, how could the American people be supportive of immigration uh, or immigration reform or immigration illegal immigration reform? None of that will fly if they're doing what they're doing, releasing convicts. When, well, when, I don't know. I, I don't know where you were. I don't know, Ruben. I'm sorry, I have to inter- uh, uh, interrupt right. here. But where are those um, facts? Sixty-eight thousand convicts were released in public. Something happened along the way because when Border Patrol, you know, when they catch them, and they have to do a background. Again, I go back to the same thing that we have to have. You know, Mexico has a a kind of a, an old-fashioned. Uh, criminal history uh, database. They're just beginning. And just when I was there a few years ago in Mexico City at the embassy, they started to get the pictures and prints and you know update their their data system. So it takes a while. So I, I think cooperation with law enforcement is so critical, Ruben. So critical. Right, we need right. to, we need to get um, on the ball. You know through our state department and you know uh, those liaison yeah, services. Do, I do want to. Um ask one thing here. Um, we, with your stance on the Second Amendment, um, do you prefer more gun control? Um, 
because um, uh, right now there seems to be quite a bit of controversy o- over that, and you know, and um, you know, the well, right to carry. I-, I know Texas is a much more liberal state. You know, well, you, the, you the governor just those signed rights. a Here law. In New Jersey, you don't have that. Well, and, and the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, just signed a law where it allows uh, uh, citizens to open carry a weapon, even to carry a weapon concealed at colleges. For me, I have a little bit of a problem. Uh, you know, I I carried a gun for umpteen years when I was a, a police officer, when I was an FBI agent, and it it, it just I, I carried when I was in Mexico. Obviously, I could have carried because I had full diplomatic immunity, but I decided decided not to carry now because it would cause me more problems than than anything else. But I I, I think that. Uh, we need to be responsible. I think the right to bear arms is it's a constitutional right. But I think most importantly, I think we have to be responsible who we allow to, to buy those weapons. You know, you can get a weapon in the United States, anywhere. I can bet you you can go mm-hmm. to your community, and I can find a way somebody will sell me a gun, right, through the black market. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. Uh, But it's really not the guns. It's the people, <laughs> Correct. In their possession, mm-hmm. you know, and that, 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 it's scary. It's a scary thing. I, I have my doubts about uh, open carry weapons, you know, because you can have a, a road rage. Somebody just gets out of a beer joint, and you know, somebody crosses over him, and or, I just, I just have my. That's only my personal, but I think I respect people's rights to bear arms. No, and I agree. Uh, I, agree. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. We have a caller on the line. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Uh, two four eight. Did you want to ask a question again? Yeah, um, on the right to bear arms. I want to ask two questions, but I want to put this aside. I'm going to talk and go back. Um, maybe the open carry. He's right about what he just said. Somebody's in a car to get mad and they're thinking that that's probably the open carry thing. Ain't good. But I think people should be allowed to gun us, and people are scared to help. Uh, did you hear that? No, I didn't, did you get I didn't that? hear that. No. Uh, can, can you, you repeat talk that? talk up, sir? What was the question? Uh, okay, we lost the call. I'm sorry. Um, Ruben, go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say that uh, I agree totally with what uh, Raul has said. Um, I, well, one of the things that I that I, that I, do, I do a lot of research in, a lot of the cities and a lot of the towns that have gun control zones like Chicago, like Washington, D.C., uh, have the highest crime rate uh, yeah. killing every weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when citizens are not able to protect, I agree with the fact that in the road rage, you know, individuals that have not been uh, investigated, because you, you need to do an investigation on who's getting a gun. But I think if you're... Yeah, you have to go with... Yeah. If mm-hmm. you're at home residing, you, everyone should have the right to be able to, if someone breaks into your house, the right to to be, protect, you know, have a, a weapon to protect yourself. Right. And I just um, don't understand how people yeah. can, can dispute that. No, I, um, I think you have a right. Okay. I think you have a right to. Five seconds to answer that because we're out of time. Go ahead. I think you have a right to protect your family. There's no question about it. There's no question about it. And, and I think just to carry a gun because you want to be a big guy 
You know, there's also that machismo uh, element mm-hmm. that, that, that you have right. and you have a gun. You're a big shot. I think one of the things that, and I have to be honest with you, when I became an FBI agent, I thought it was cool that I was, you know, <laughs> I'd gone through, through 16 weeks of real rough training. All of a sudden, I'm armed. I have authority. Right. But, it, you know, let me tell you something. Uh, uh, when on. it doesn't happen. Yeah, we're out of time, Ruben. you got to make it okay. quick. Well, we're out of time. Well, Mr. Mayor, I, I will, thank you for coming on, and uh, I'll definitely be seeing you soon. Okay, well, I send you all the a big abrazo. That's a big heart. And Doreen, thank you so much for having me. God bless and you. And God bless thank you. Thank you. You're, well, you're definitely you're welcome anytime. Thank um, you. Right. Folks, thank you for listening tonight. Um, and stay tuned when we bring you another great show next week, um, next Tuesday night. Uh, and in the future, by the way, we're going to be talking about subjects such as sociopathy, the... Um, uh, the dark web, and uh, continued coverage of human trafficking. It's very, very important. Um, so until next Tuesday, uh, everybody have a good night. Good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.